with a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the marquee games for week 10, and uh, that includes the Sunday and Monday nighters. Also, Andy's going to offer you up a tasty sandwich game, and of course, I'll toss in a money line Matty pick or two. But first, with me as always, my main guy from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy the Prognosticator Attridge. How you doing this week, pal? Uh, quite well. I'm, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, you'll have to bear with me. I'm battling a little bit of a cold, but it's all right. I've been inoculated. Oh, bless his heart. He's got to be the sickest man in America. Yeah, if you weren't a wise guy this week, you probably didn't have a good Sunday at the Wicket. It was a big bloodbath. Ten of the 13 games were covered by the underdog. Um, but I really want to get to it, Matt, and that's the Monday night game. As a Bears fan, are you angry at officiating? Well, first, there's no excuse for undisciplined play, period. Right. The Bears don't get to skate on undisciplined play. However, right. it doesn't make it any easier when the referees are having one of the worst games of the season. The officiating in this league is a damn disgrace. When they decide games, that's when we're in real trouble. That's why the NFL needs full-time refs. Absolutely. It, it, it is just ridiculous that in a multi-billion dollar league, they got guys that are part-timers deciding on game Like that taunting call where Buddy's at the hash marks and he looks over at the sideline and he's getting a 15-yard penalty. He doesn't and get that penalty. The Bears are off the field and the Steelers have to punt. And all I can say to that is bullshit. These guys are men. They could take a little taunting. So how about unless you're spiking the ball at a guy's feet you just scored a touchdown at, keep the fucking flag in your pocket, you fucking stupid zebras. And that's the end of that chapter. Well. I didn't, uh, yeah. As long as you don't have strong thoughts about it, that's that's really all that matters. Um, staying in the NFC North, um, Aaron Rodgers had a bit of a week. Not sure if you heard that. There was a, a news article, a Wisconsin-based health, healthcare organization and Aaron Rodgers have ended their partnership just days after the Green Bay Packers quarterback revealed that he had taken an anti-parasite drug instead of receiving a COVID vaccine. Previa Health announced the decision on Twitter on Sunday. Now, not directly relating to that story, but here's a quote from Aaron Rodgers. I realize I'm in the crosshairs of the woke mob right now. So before my final nail gets put in my cancel culture casket, I think I'd like to set the record straight on many of the blatant lies that are out there about myself right now. He's the fibber, Andy. I... I did my research and I looked, in, I looked into a couple things, five of them to be sure, five other things that Aaron Rodgers has fibbed about in the past. Number five. Claims that he owns an autographed version of the Bible. Wow, Joseph of Arimathea. 26 conversions in AD 46. Whoa, a Methuselah rookie card. Number four. Got a note to excuse him from Wednesday's walkthrough practice. It was signed... By Epstein's mom. Dear Mr. Carter, please allow Juan and his friends to tie up Mr. Woodman and go medieval on his ass. <laughs> Signed, Epstein's mother. Number three. 
claimed Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb as dependents on his taxes last year. There's the truth and the truth. Number two. He said that his new BFF is Brett Favre. You know, Aaron, everyone loves it when a great player makes a comeback. Yeah, well, not always. You know, some, you know, some people wish, you know, great players would just retire and stay retired. And now, the number one. Said that he gave at the office. There's a memo here from accounting telling me there's no such thing as the human fund. <laughs> well, there could be. But there isn't. Well, yeah, that's almost uh, par for the course for this guy, isn't it? He's, uh, but he's still getting that discount double check money. So, yeah, and it's like that was a real punitive fine they gave him for fourteen thousand dollars. What does he earn that in about uh, three plays on the field? He probably found that when he cleaned underneath the seats in his car. <laughs> no joke, eh? All right, let's fire it up, man. Let's get to these games. Oh, yeah! first off sunday let's head to tennessee where the tennessee titans are three-point favorites against the visiting new orleans saints 44 and a half is your over under and uh well tennessee last week i I mean other than the jags beating the bills that that was a shocker yeah they they put a they put a pounding on the Rams, and you know we've been on the Titans bus for quite a while this year, but we got off at least one stop too soon. That was yeah, without Derrick Henry, that was uh, that was that was amazing. That's good coaching. Mike Vrabel deserves to get uh, a decent chunk of that respect. Would you cut your dick off for a Super Bowl? Oh, been married it's- twenty years. Yeah, probably. You've got three <clears throat> as a player. I'm not sure if odds makers thought that last week was anomaly. It seems like a low spread. Um, Adrian Peterson, he got 21 yards on 10 carries. Actually did punch in his 125th touchdown of all time. I had him at plus 350 for an anytime touchdown prop. Oh, well, uh, you probably aren't going to see it that high again. Nope. Um, but if you if you look at the box score, okay, so they scored, what, 44 points? So Adrian Peterson got 21 yards on 10 carries. Uh, Tannehill passed for a buck 43. Their rushing leader, Deontay Freeman, had only 29 yards. And in fact, they had two rushers that ended up with negative yards. And their top receiver, A.J. Brown, had only 42 yards. Sorry, they didn't score 44. They scored a, They scored 28. But scoring 28 against that Rams defense with those numbers was... I would say it was an anomaly. Yeah, it, that's especially with that defense. I mean, Jalen Ramsey alone is one of the the top rated corner, I believe, as far as grades go from PFF. Um, you know, you look at the other side of the ball. The Saints have been struggling. Struggling. They haven't had a three hundred yard passer through the first eight games of the season, and that hasn't happened since uh, two thousand two. <laughs> that's uh it, it's really hard in this league to win games without a guy that can throw the ball over 300 yards um they're doing it with d though 
In four of their five wins, the Saints have had two or more takeaways. So they're definitely going to want to take away the ball from Tennessee if they want any chance of being in this game. They're on the road, though. The Titans back at home. Like, they beat the Rams as the away team. That's another thing that should be said. They went into the Rams' house and laid that ass whooping on them. Uh, Now they're back at home. They're against an impotent offense. Saints are only four and four against the spread. Titans are seven and two. I think the Titans can cover these three points. Well, as you mentioned, the New Orleans defense is playing really well. In fact, they're fifth in the league in points allowed. And keep in mind, this is a team that already this season has beaten the Packers, the Patriots, the Seahawks in Seattle, and the Super Bowl reigning Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Granted, the Titans have had five very impressive wins in a row, but I'm not sure if they can keep this up. I think this is a pretty good instance of buying low and selling high. And I'm going to go with the Saints on this one. New England Patriots. New England. On to Foxborough, where the New England Patriots play host to the Cleveland Browns. Patriots, two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. 45 is your over-under. And, uh, well, buddy, both teams 5-4 and four against the spread. But uh, a worrying trend for the Pats is they're only 1-4 at home this season. And it's been a long time since the Pats had a sub-500 home record. Um, Yeah, it's just I think it's a matter of who they played where. Um, I don't see that as a trend that's anything to worry about. Oh, I do. Well, going back to Cleveland's win on the road last week in Cincinnati, that's the first time, and I heard this stat this week, that's the first time since 1967 that featured a team with an interception return for a touchdown, a passing touchdown, and a rushing touchdown that all went for over 60 yards. Well, that, that's going to happen when you're playing the Bengals. Well, that's true, but it's not going to happen when you're playing the Patriots. <laughs> so that was a bit of an anomaly, and the Patriots... I think my point here is they're a pretty good team. They don't really excel at any one thing. Except for the coaching. It's hard to find anybody's role on our team that's the same every week. But they rank in the top half of the league in really the most important metrics. They're 10th in the league in points per game scored, 4th in the league in points allowed, 15th in passing yards per game, and 11th in passing yards allowed per game. And in fact, they're allowing the 8th fewest penalties committed. They also have one of the top five scoring defenses in the league. Yeah. Well, their defense is playing as we would expect a New England defense to play. However, here's a crazy stat. Since Kevin Stefanski became the Browns head coach, Baker Mayfield is 4-1 and one versus top five scoring defenses. Really? Yeah. Well, here's a couple of stats that are a little more elite for what you'd expect a Patriots team to look like. They're second in the league in fourth quarter points allowed. And if you include the second half entirely, they're fourth in the league. That means they make great halftime adjustments and they don't give up leads. Well, they have the coaching, right? I mean, Belichick is the god when it comes to halftime adjustments. I mean, New England is very much a live candidate for winning that AFC East, which I believe would be for the 18th time in 21 years. Yeah. Um, both, you know, the both the Pats and the Bills have five wins, but they all, they also have two head-to-head games left 
still to be played this season. Yeah, they'll compete, especially with Buffalo kind of up and down. They seem to one week have just a rolling offense, the next week can't do anything. I'll be, and especially with the Patriots defense playing the way they are, it will be interesting to see who comes out on top of that division. But you look at the other side of the ball with the Browns, the Patriots have a rookie quarterback going against a crushing defense. Uh, They're only allowing 309 total yards per game this season. The last time that number was this low, a guy by the name of Bill Belichick was starting out his head coaching career. In Cleveland. In Cleveland. Yeah, that that worked out well. Well, no, but... (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't the uh, defense's fault no, in no, Cleveland. No, it was his offense's fault. You can That's the thing about a Bill Belichick coach team. No matter how crappy the offense is, the defense is always going to be top drawer because that guy can scheme a defense. This is the guy that stopped the run-and-gun Bills offense uh, with the Giants in the Super Bowl, that's right? True. Everybody thought that the, the Bills were unstoppable until they ran into the Giants and uh, a Bill Belichick coach defense. So... Definitely, I think I like the under on this game. I know that sounds weird. It's only 45, but I still like the under. No, that doesn't uh, sound weird. Yeah, but I also like the Browns, man. I'm going to make them a uh, money line Maddie pick this week. Oh. oh! So Nick Chubb is now on the COVID list. Keep in mind, though, that he is vaccinated, so it's possible that he could play this week. But if he isn't, keep in mind that Of their 153 rushing yards last week, he accounted for 137 of them. So if he's not in, yeah, they got Dernus Johnson. But I think... think, uh, Well, you saw what happened last time he wasn't in. It was a primetime game. game. I watched the whole game, but uh, for some reason, I I think the Patriots are going to cover the number here. I've handled dozens of balls. This is Johnny United for the Baltimore Colts. Let's go, you Colts. Now to Lucas Oil Field, where the Indianapolis Colts are hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, The Colts are 10.5-point favorites, and uh, this might be a little large, seeing as how it seems that the the Panthers have learned how to play defense. Since week six, their defense ranks in the top 10 in points per game and total yards per game. They're 2-1 and one in that span after starting 0-5. And, and as we know, defense can keep a score close. Uh, they're also allowing only 3.8 yards per carry this season. That's the third fewest in the NFL. And the only running back to break 100 yards on the Jags was the one and only Derrick Henry. So, I think this spread seems a little high, but uh, what are you thinking? Well, you're right. I mean, holding Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills highfalutin offense to six points, pretty impressive. Uh, but if we go back to Indy, you know, it was a feature game last Thursday night. I know they were playing the Jets, but scoring 45 points on prime time next week, it is the Buffalo Bills whom they'll be tangling with and possibly for a playoff position at the end of December. Meaning, it's an almost wise guys sandwich game. What are you? An idiot sandwich. Technically speaking, this probably should be considered an important divisional game that means a lot. But guess what? It's the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it doesn't. The, the Jags have won two of their last three games, which I can't believe is actually coming out of my mouth. And Trevor Lawrence 
you know, his stats aren't great, but he's looking more confident with each start. And I think this is a look-ahead spot for the Colts. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think Frank Reich will take them lightly, but he sure as hell isn't emptying out his playbook on Urban Meyer. No, definitely not. I mean, the Colts have been rolling on offense, so it does have to be said. Uh, they've scored 25 points or more in six straight games. That's actually the longest active streak in the NFL. So they can put points on the board, but I think they're going to run into a defense that, uh, well, is is going to be game for them. The Colts, they, should, they still should win this game outright, but I think the Jags cover this spread. Well, Jonathan Taylor's been carrying a huge load for this team. He currently sits in fifth place in number of rushing attempts this season. Derrick Henry still leads that group, and we saw what happened to him with overuse. But going back to the Jags running running back, James Robinson, their stud, is going to be, or at least it looks like he's going to be back in the lineup, and I expect him to have a pretty big workload. This is what I would consider a lunchbox game for the Colts. You know, you get in, you get out, no injuries. Who cares what the final score is as long as it's a W? So I'm going to invite the Jacksonville Jaguars to visit Shapiro's Delicatessen on South Meridian Street. This Jewish deli offers a corned beef sandwich that features meat from Vienna beef that is slow cooked in a century-old family recipe. It's piled high on their mouth-watering rye bread with Swiss cheese and mustard, and of course, with a pickle on the side. Mmm, sandwich. <laughs> All right, our first primetime game of the weekend. We head to Las Vegas where the Raiders are uh, two-and-a-half-point underdogs against the visiting Kansas City Chiefs. And anytime I see a spread and the Chiefs' name, I just assume they're not going to cover it. Sorry, did you say underdogs, Matthew? Yeah, I have no idea how this is happening. Kansas City looks like a fractured football team. I mean, I know the Raiders didn't have the greatest week last week, but they were on the road. They're back in Las Vegas, and let me tell you this, KC didn't have such a shit-hot week last week either. They should have blown the Packers out without Rodgers. Well, they won by six points, and Mason Crosby missed two field goals. Do the math. Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, KC is 1-4 versus AFC teams. Well, in the last three games, they've averaged exactly 12 points per game. And on defense, they're 26th in the league, allowing 381 yards. Um, And going back to that Giants win over the Raiders, like, how disruptive was the Henry Ruggs story all week? Like, I don't think anyone was expecting them to to have a great performance. Like, Derek Carr threw two interceptions. One was a pick six, and he gave up a fumble. And that's, you know, for the second best Carr, that's unusual. It is unusual, especially for the way he's playing this season. Yeah. And guess what? Guess who they signed this week to fill in for that vacant wide receiver role? Who that? Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson. So, okay, how are they going to use him with limited practice reps? I don't know, but he's always a deep threat. Um, I think he'll fit in well there. Oh, absolutely. I think the wrong team's favored here by quite a bit. So, yeah, give me the Raiders and the two and a half points for sure. Yeah, I think it should be the Raiders minus three. They're at home. It's a divisional game. This should be Raiders minus three, especially the way KC is. But just like, uh, well, when Rodgers is in for the Packers or, you know, when Dak's in for the Cowboys, you're going to pay a a Mahomes tax here. 
right? Yeah. And uh, it's and you're going to pay a tax on on how good the Chiefs have been the last couple of years because there's a lot of public money, and public money generally isn't that smart. But I subscribe to the law of contrary public opinion. If everyone thinks one thing, then I say bet the other way. KC two and two on the road. Like I said, one and four versus AFC teams. The Raiders are three and one at home. Add to that, Mahomes with all the weapons this cat has has only two passing touchdowns in his last three games and now they've got the Raiders and the Raiders are getting to the quarterback this season and they don't even have to sacrifice any coverage to do it they've gotten QB pressure on over one-third of dropbacks when not blitzing that is fantastic because if your front four can get that kind of push allows you to keep all your guys in coverage and that has actually really hurt Mahomes this year uh, he's been having a really hard time against a four-man rush when when all the D is back. I think the book's kind of out on him. Yeah, that four-man rush is what – that was a luxury that the 49ers had a couple of years ago when they made the Super Bowl, and that was kind of the key to that defense. You know, Mahomes has played eight games this year. I think it's eight games so far. Only two of them has he not had an interception. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know what's going on there, but it is a definitely, I, I hope it's an off year for the guy. There's I hope he doesn't just tank. On. Yeah, there's something. For the Raiders, though, uh, I'm on the Raiders uh, bus right now. They've, they've averaged 31.4 points per game in their five wins this season, but only 13 points per game in three losses. The thing is here, I am 100% positive that Casey's defense is not up to the task of facing this Raiders offense. So, I'm making the Raiders another money line Maddie pick this week. Oh, oh! Yeah, I'll co-sign that one. In our final game of the weekend, we go to Monday night where the San Francisco 49ers are four-point underdogs at home against the visiting L.A. Rams. 49ers are over or under. This is a big, big divisional matchup, and it's kind of odd that uh, the Niners are 1-4 on Monday night football under Shanahan, and in the Sean McVay era, the Rams are 4-1 and one on Monday night football. Pile on top of that, Andy, your Niners are 0-4 at home and are allowing 29.8 points per game. The only team that's worse at home than you as far as points allowed are the Lions. Ugh. Great company to be in. And while we're shitting on Kyle Shanahan, <laughs> I, I learned of a stat this week that you'll appreciate, and you'll see why in a second. Right now, Kyle Shanahan has a winning percentage worse than than when Mike Singletary was the coach of the 49ers. Ooh, yikes. Yeah, yikes. So as as much as people wanted to crown him king, and I haven't knocked him off the throne yet, but I'm looking for a coup coming up somewhere. Um, let's look at their injuries for a second. So you've got offensive tackle Mike McGlinchey on the IR. Wide receiver Mohamed Sanu is doubtful. Uh, defensive end D Ford, IR. Defensive tackle Javon Kinla, IR. Now, let's go to their secondary. Safety, Tavon Wilson, IR. Joquiski Tart got put on the IR last week. Quarterback Jason Verrett was placed on the IR on Tuesday. So that's three starting guys in their secondary. And what do you think Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods are going to do with that? 
they're gonna set that fucking secondary on fire. Somebody call now one one. And one thing I will come to defense with your Niners though is uh, not just this season, but last season they really, really got bit with the injury bug. And I know all teams have injuries they have to overcome, but the Niners last season and this season it's happened at very key positions to very key players, and that will always, always drain a football team. Well, it's Matt. It's every goddamn week. It's Jimmy G's out or, or George Kittle's out or Raheem yep. Mostert's out. And there's always a linebacker of some sort out. You know who should be fucking fired is their strength and conditioning coach. You're fired. No joke, man. I mean that. No, 100%. I don't know how all these injuries are happening. I mean, I guess you could look at Garoppolo's. His was kind of a freak thing. Yeah, but it's either it's his leg, it's his ankle, it's his fucking, I don't know. It's just one thing. It's a guy's a, a fragile doll. He is fragile, and unfortunately, that is a thing, especially in pro football. If you can't take the punishment, I mean, it's going to be tough for you as far as trying to, you know, put put in a career in the league with any sort of length. Um, Garoppolo, I know we're shitting on him, but he's uh, 4-0 against the Rams in his career. However, I just, that stat comes to an end uh, this no, I, week. I'm not, shitting on, I'm not shitting on Garoppolo's ability. I'm shitting on his availability. Oh, well, yeah, but the best ability is availability exactly. and if you're not there you're not helping you're hurting yeah. them so i'm with you I, I i you know divisional games it's always tough when the spread is more than three but i really didn't have a hard time with my conscience picking the la rams to cover here well i hope to hell i'm wrong but yeah there's absolutely no way i'm picking the 49ers in this one fucking 49ers fucking 49 come on nobody fucking 49ers fucking 49ers fucking 49ers fucking come on everybody niners fucking 49ers fucking 49ers fucking 49ers all the humanity Finally, we go to the teaser where we give you a teaser that both Andy and I are getting down on this weekend. So, Andy, what do you like this week? Take it away. All right. For the first leg of the teaser, we are going to go to Steeltown, where Pittsburgh is playing the lowly Detroit Lions. Games right now set at eight and a half. So we bring that number down through the seven, the four and the three to minus one and a half. They're at home. It's a low total of 42 and a half. And then on the second leg of the teaser, we are going to Mile High Stadium, and the Eagles are plus uh, two and a half. So we're going to take that through the three, four, and the seven to plus eight and a half. Again, it's a low total, um, so it goes through all the key numbers. They are on the road, but you know, keep in mind, Denver's off a huge win against the Cowboys, and they're sliding into their bye week. So Steelers and Eagles are, my, uh, are the two legs of my teaser. Well, for leg one of my teaser, we're going to go to Foxborough, where the uh, Patriots play host to the Browns. Uh, I like the Browns and picked them on the money line at minus, or pardon me, at plus two and a half. So I'm going to take them from plus two and a half up to plus eight and a half, going through the key numbers of three and seven. And I'm going to do the same thing for KC at Las Vegas. The, the Raiders, uh, once again, I picked them at home on the money line. So if you're going to give me two and a half points, Sure, I'll take that two and a half up to plus eight and a half and uh, say 
Go Raiders. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Well, thank you for listening to week 10 of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud, and then you won't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our website, almostwiseguys.com, for additional content and picks from all week 10 games across the NFL. From the Cosa Nostra studios for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. And I know we normally go out on a song, uh, but this week uh, it's a little different in that it is Remembrance Day that we're recording this on. And uh, we'd be remiss not to thank all of those who have served and all of those who have died, uh, bringing the freedom that we have to be chuckleheads here talking about football. So thank you very much to them. And we'd like to leave you with, uh, well, we are good Canadian boys. And oh, Canada was not around during the World Wars. And uh, therefore, our troops marched to a song that was called the maple leaf forever so here are the pipes and drums of the 48th highlanders thank you for your service